Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, January the 8th, 2023. It is currently 3.38 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, before I introduce the topic that we're going to be discussing, I need to make it very, very clear to everyone that what I'm about to do, what I'm about to say, what I am about to discuss is in no way to be understood as me mocking, making fun of, trying to just be sensational. No, this is me really saying, and and, and I'm going to look at it from this approach. I'm just going to be very transparent. I, I don't want you to think that I feel that I'm even trying to pretend that I'm just reporting the story because I'm not. I'm talking about the story because it bothers me greatly. And it bothers me greatly because it demonstrates, at least to me, the inherent problem with a certain system of theology and how it can be so devastating to the lives of many people. In this particular case, though, I don't want you to think that I'm taking someone's tragedy and mocking it or or making fun of it simply to prove a theological point. I'm just going to take this fact, right? Here's what happened. It's not private information. It's public information. I'm looking at a news article right here about it. It's in the news. And I'm simply going to say, look at the facts. Now let's look at their theology. Their theology is not consistent with the reality that people live in. So when people buy into this theology and then reality happens, either they have to live in denial or their faith will begin to crumble around them because they won't understand why the reality they're experiencing is so drastically different than the theology which they were taught and they believed and they were trusting in. So I don't want you to think because I could come up now when I was younger. Let me be let me be very clear. When I was younger, I would have taken this news story and just went on a full a full blown rant and just basically mocking this going. Yeah, your theology teaches this. Well, come on, do something. I would have because this theology makes me very angry. This theology makes me very upset. If you know if you know anything about me, you know there's a specific system of theology that I literally hate. I don't hate the people. I hate the theology. And the reason I hate the theology is because I believe it harms people. So whenever I speak boldly, strongly, bluntly with a lot of anger towards the theology, don't, I don't want you to think, oh man, he really hates people. No, I hate a theology because it hurts people. All right. So, and, 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 and oh, I, I just, I just want to make sure there's no misunderstanding because I know by the time I'm done, someone's going to be offended. Someone's going to get their feelings hurt or someone's going to perceive something about me that's not accurate. But I believe we have to talk about it. And trust me, it was not my first choice. I was downstairs 
about 15, 20 minutes ago, I got a notification on my iPad of a new podcast episode that dropped and it had something to do with discernment. And I was like, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll walk upstairs. We'll grab the audio. We will review it because, well, we're getting ready to begin a six, seven week study on discernment. What a great way to start. We'll just grab a random podcast episode about discernment and we'll listen to it. But from the point I got that notification, walking out of my study, down the hallway, through the living room, into the kitchen, to the door that leads up to the studio, basically from that short walk, I received another notification of a news article posted about a Minnesota pastor. And as soon as I saw the news article, by the time, and I got, and I got the, the notification about the news article before I opened the door to the studio. By the time I walked up the steps looking at the headline of the news story, I, I, I mean, basically from the moment I kind of walked up here into the studio area, I'd already was convinced I've got no choice. Well, I, I want to talk about discernment. There's other things I want to talk about. I have to talk about this. So I am not making fun. I am not mocking. I am bothered by it. Here's the story. This was published today at the Christian Post, Sunday, January the 8th, 2023. Minnesota pastor left paralyzed after slipping on ice outside church. So we have a pastor. He's at his church, outside his church. He slips on ice. He's paralyzed. Now that's horrible. That's tragic. Whether it's a pastor, whether it's anyone, I don't care where they slip on ice. Someone slips on ice and they're paralyzed. That is horrible, horrible, horrible news. Now I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm some godly saint because I'm not. As soon as I saw the story, I was like, oh, well, that's horrible. And then my very next thought was, I wonder what his theology is. Not because I think bad theology should lead you to be, to slip on ice and be paralyzed, but I immediately considered, I wonder what his theology is when it comes to divine healing. Because based off his theology, he could be in for a very, very, very painful reality. And he could have maintain a, and either he's going to have to live in denial or he's going to have to come face to face with maybe his theology isn't correct. So I started thinking of those ramifications. But well, let's look at the story. Again, headline, Minnesota pastor left paralyzed after slipping on ice outside church. Underneath the headline, there's the, a picture of him in the hospital bed. He's got a, you know, a neck brace on. And he's paralyzed. It says, after slipping on ice in front of his church in Minnesota, which left him partially paralyzed, 64-year-old pastor David Kent recounted his devastating experience while showing faith in God as a healer. Now, as soon as I saw that he's still seeing God as a healer, I immediately was like, oh boy, I, I bet you, I bet you he's a part of the charismatic tradition. I guarantee you. He's a part of the charism, and he's still going to hold out hope. He's still going to hold out hope. But let's, let's find out what happened. Next paragraph. Took, and this is literally how it begins, 
took one slip. I was down on the ground. My hands, my arms, my legs were all paralyzed. Kent of Christian Life Center in Golden Valley told KSPT, recalling the December 16th incident, I couldn't move my hands. Uh, I couldn't move. My hands were in the snow. I knew that wasn't good. The pastor who broke his neck was taken to North Memorial Health Hospital where surgeons operated on his spine and he remains paralyzed in his arms and legs. Now, I want you to understand something. Again, I am not mocking. But this pastor slipped and was paralyzed, broke his neck, and please note, he was taken to, not into the sanctuary so that he could be healed. He was taken to a hospital where human beings, some a very high probability, either atheist, agnostic, not even Christian, were surgeons who operated on his spine. Now he believes in, he's already referred to God as a healer. God is a healer. But when he was hurt and it was an emergency, went to the hospital for people to try to provide a solution. Just keep that in mind. They said we need to do surgery, surgery, surgery quickly because he's broken his C4 and C5, the pastor's wife, Susan, told KSPT. They said spinal cord injuries have to have surgery within 24 hours, and if they didn't do it fast, the area below the C5 could be damaged as well. So, so they listened to the med- medical advice. They listened to it. They li- they're like, okay, we've got to listen to this. We, we've got to do something. Just, I, I just, I find it interesting that there, when you look at the Christian world, there are times they're like, we don't need to listen to the doctors. God is my healer. God is my protector. I have God. I don't, I don't need to take COVID precautions because I have Jesus. I have faith and my faith is greater than my fear. But man, when you slip, boom, and you're paralyzed and they're like, look, we've got to do surgery within 24 hours or this paralysis is going to be worse. Then you're like, go do it. Well, wait a minute. Where is God as your protector? Where is God as your healer? All of a sudden, that big, bold talk, and I'm not saying he's had that big, bold talk. I'm just taking the situation in general just because I've seen this play out too many times working in that medical world. Christians talk a big game. Oh, I'm not fearful. I don't need to do this. I don't need, God is my protector. God is greater than anything. And then when everything goes, all of a sudden you're paralyzed, all, all of a sudden you have, all of a sudden now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The the attitude changes dramatically. So I've watched this play out too many times, but here, okay, whatever they believe about healing, trust me, they didn't go to the sanctuary to pray. They didn't say, no, 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 no. We're not going to do surgery. We're not going to do surgery. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We'll call the church in. We'll call in the the elders and we'll anoint with oil. We we don't don't need the surgery. No, 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 no. That doesn't appear to be the way things worked. But let's let's continue to see what they have to say here. Pastor Kent was walking down the street that is owned by the church to to talk to some tree trimming workers when he slipped, according to an online fundraiser for his treatment, which is likely to cost more than three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. According to CCX Media, the pastor has self-pay health insurance. It will be a long road of uh, ahead of rehabilitation. Please note. 
It's going to have to go to rehab. It's not just going to immediately get healed, is he? Occupational therapy and physical therapy to determine when and if he will regain feeling and movement in his body, the fundraiser says. The rehab may be a slow and take months, even years. Rehab will also work with the family and David to gain as much independence as possible. So please note that that nothing, nothing here is getting ready to be like magic, like Whatever they believe about healing, whatever they believe about healing, he's going through the normal process that anyone would go through, whether saved or unsaved, whether Christian or non-Christian. He's had to have sur- he's had had medical intervention, surgical intervention, and he's going to have to go through possibly years of rehab to see if he can gain any level of independence. Oh, and, and he's going to have to pay a bill of $350,000, and that probably doesn't even come close to covering the rehab. The pastor told KSPT he remains optimistic. It may be a slow healing, but I believe he he is going to walk again, his wife Susan was quoted as saying. I don't know how long it will take. I don't know how much rehab he'll have to go through, but we have hope. Hey, he's going to be healed, but I mean, it's not going to happen right now. It may take two, three years, and and I mean, sooner or later he will walk. I mean, I mean, but he's going to have to do the rehab. Uh, okay, they continue. Pastor Kent added, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Definitely it's been an experience where I can say I've been, uh, it's been an experience where I can say I've been blessed because of all the people that have come alongside and been a strength to me. He told CCX Media, I serve a mighty God, a big God. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask. So I have total faith. My God is a healer. See, I have total faith. God is my healer. Total faith. But, you know, when you when you hit the ground and you're paralyzed, take me to the hospital. I mean, but I have total faith that God is my healer. I don't know about you. I find a duplicity in this. I, I find that Christians say one thing, but when push comes to shove, they do the, the other. And, and, I, and I just struggle with this. I believe God is sovereign. Yes. But I, I, <laughs> I oh. Okay, but 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 maybe maybe listen, maybe his theology this will all make sense. Maybe the fact that he didn't go to the sanctuary, he went and got the surgery. Maybe it all makes sense because of his theology. Maybe this is perfectly in line with his theology. We will see. The required ninety-day inpatient rehab will cost about three thousand dollars, three thousand nine hundred dollars a day. After David completes hospital inpatient rehab, he will need outpatient therapy, which will bring much additional medical equipment expenses. So he's going to need lots of money, right? Now, if he could have just been divinely healed, could avoid all of this. But obviously, that's not going to happen. The pastor's family says they typically would never ask for money from friends, family, and the community. However, David has given so much of himself that we're now asking the community to give back. We do not have the resources required, but we know that anything is possible when we all band together. Please note, not all things are possible with God. Now, all of a sudden, all things are possible if the community will band together to help us with our medical expenses. See, it's one thing to say, God will provide. It's, it's, it's one thing to talk a big game, but when everything, it's just amazing how everything can change in a situation like this. So I saw what I feel to be the duplicity and not so much in this situation, just in the Christian world, how we say one thing, but we do another, right? And we all have duplicity in our lives to some level as Christians. We just do. 
But I, I had to look. I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't stop myself. I had to look up that church. Uh, can, uh, can, of Christian Life Center in Golden Valley. I had to look up Christian Life Center in Golden Valley. And so I looked it up, Christian Life Center in Golden Valley. And I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what kind of church this is. I wonder what kind of church. So if I, if I go to home, all right, um, I, I immediately see an article about Pastor David Kent. So there he is. All right, so I know a little bit about immediately about that that this is the right church. Okay, there's no question about it. So I found the right church. All right. Now if I go to about us, all right. If I go to about us, here's what we find out: what we believe. All right. Um, I see this. We believe in the one ever living eternal God, infinite in power, holy in nature, attributes and purpose and possessing absolute indivisible deity. Within Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead. We do not believe, teach, imply, or suggest a trinity. Triune, three in one, separate but equal, etc. Godhead. We further understand that he, Jesus, is the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in regeneration. And immediately I was like, oh, we're, we're one as Pentecostal. This is a Pentecostal church. Right there in the world of the charismatic theology, just a certain branch. And we could go back to the 1900s, what, 1901, 1903, where uh, the person is at what, like a church camp and begins to say, the name of the Father is Jesus, the name of the Son is Jesus, the name of the Holy Spirit is Jesus, and basically the birth of the oneness Pentecostal movement, which is right there within the charismatic world. So we know we're in the charismatic world, and we know we're in the world of oneness Pentecostal. Now, please note, we are in the charismatic world. Here's a pastor who's paralyzed. Here's a pastor who needed medical intervention, surgical intervention. Here's a pastor who's now going to be possibly need years of rehab just to gain, to gain some semblance of independence. But yet it's right here in the charismatic world. Divine, they have an entire paragraph and their doctrinal statement on divine healing. The first covenant that the Lord, Jehovah, Jehovah, okay, remember how, how do we say it? Okay, we, we can have that whole discussion, all right? Made with the children of Israel after they were brought out of Egypt was a covenant of healing. The Lord said, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that health, that the Lord that health, oh, I'm sorry, let me read this again, but I want to make sure I'm reading it correctly. The first covenant that the Lord Jehovah made with the children of Israel after they were brought out of Egypt was a covenant of healing. The Lord said, and I quote, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth, thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So they're like, hey, this, one of the first covenants that God made with Israel was divine healing. 
Now, if you look at that verse, it seems to say that the only reason you would get these bad things happening to you is because, well, you're not living right. But that, that's, that, that could create a whole other theological problem. But let's continue. Our Lord Jesus Christ went about Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases among the people. Matthew 4, 23 through 24. Jesus said of the believers, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Later, James wrote in his epistle to all the churches, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, they don't explain anything about exactly how it works, but clearly they put forth that divine healing is still operational today. That's obviously the perspective which they are operating from. Now, you can put divine healing and all of your doctrinal statements. You can put it in your confession of faith, and you can tell everyone that God will heal you. And over and over and over again, that divine healing is not coming and it's not showing up. And you can say, oh, no, 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 no. And I know I'm going to get 50 emails. I know of a situation in, you know, 5 million miles removed from civilization. There was no phone. There are no medical records. But divine healing occurred. And I would say, okay, well, then I would like you to go to the VA hospital and where there are uh, disabled vets with no arms and no legs. I want you to show me healing. I want the arm and legs to come back. Oh, guess what? It doesn't when they're blind, when they're blind. No, no, over and over and over again, nothing happens. But there's always some supposed story somewhere that something happened. There's but there's never a way to verify. Isn't it weird that you can never verify? And whenever they claim that you can verify it, a little bit of investigation and you find out, well, guess what? The healing did wasn't didn't go down exactly the way they said. The, the divine healing, it's weird that the, the, the cancer went into remission after, I don't know, a year of chemotherapy. But, it, but, 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 but see, divine healing occurred. It had nothing to do with the chemotherapy. None, 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 none. Now, here's a situation with someone, that's their doctrinal statement. And where is he currently? Paralyzed. Where is he currently? Paralyzed. What is his hope? That maybe... After months to years of rehabilitation, he will gain some form of independence. That's the hope. The hope now is not that he will be returned whole, that he will experience some level of healing. And then we're going to say, well, see, God, that, that's divine healing. Or is that's the same medical, <laughs> you're having, you're, you're, you're improving medically the same way someone who doesn't even believe in divine healing would would improve. So we have a, a church clearly within the charismatic stream within that world. Now, because they completely deny the doctrine of the Trinity, I put them outside of Orthodox biblical Christianity. 
you, we could have that debate. But if you deny the doctrine, I mean, look, God is either a triune God or he's not. And if you believe, if you don't believe in a triune God, and I believe in a triune God, we don't believe in the same God. So, but that's a whole different thing. It's right there within the charismatic world. And here's the sad part. The man is laying in a hospital today, paralyzed. See, that's, that's my problem with the charismatic world right there. Now, I'm going to remove this. I'm not going to talk. I'm not talking about that pastor now. I'm not talking about the situation. I want to remove it past that. And I want you to understand my hatred for charismatic theology because it tells people that God will heal them. Depending, like if you go to the Assemblies of God uh, doctrinal statement and some other charismatic denominations, they basically say healing is guaranteed in the atonement. And all you have to do is believe. Well, people believe that. And their child is not raised from the dead. The child's horrible disease doesn't go away. And you watch him suffer for four, five, six years. Your spouse's struggle with cancer doesn't go away. And you watch them slowly deteriorate and get worse and worse and worse and worse. You watch someone with dementia and slowly but surely you see All of their understanding fade away. And all of your prayer, all of your fasting, all of your laying on of hands doesn't fix it. People who are paralyzed, people who are missing, who had arms or legs amputated because of either war or some other horrible disease, they don't grow back. But you're told over and over, healing is guaranteed. Healing is guaranteed. Healing is for today. And then it doesn't happen. Now, either one, you have to, I don't know what you do. You live in some kind of weird denial or you, or at some point, it just utterly leads to discouragement, depression, and deconstruction. And I've watched this happen to too many people. Well, wait, you told me that divine healing was guaranteed. What happened? Well, then either it's your son, and I've literally seen this happen. Well, you didn't have enough faith, which is satanic and evil to do to someone. Or all the charismatics just basically kind of distance themselves from the person, right? They're kind of like, well, I mean, man, that person, that person makes us uncomfortable because they didn't get the healing. And, and I, they like, they like, they, 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 there's almost a, a, a break in any kind of closeness because it doesn't work. Now I've seen, uh, Again, I've told the story of a pastor in Nebraska, skiing accident, crashes into some trees, horribly paralyzed, bad shape. The church prays for healing. He prays for his healing. He doesn't get healed. The church fires him because he doesn't have enough faith. That theology, see, it's that my hatred for the theology is because of what it does to people. Now, it seems this pastor, at least outwardly, is optimistic. At least outwardly, he seems to be hopeful and optimistic, and I'm glad. But my fear is, well, what? Well, first, my fear is he rejects the doctrine of the Trinity, so therefore I believe rejecting the true God. But my greater fear is that he will cling to this theology, and when it doesn't happen, and maybe his paralysis even gets worse, what happens to him? What happens? I've grown beyond tired of watching it. 
I've, I've, I've told the story before. I mean, I, I worked literally in the same, like my, my desk is here. Then there was a door and right on the other side of the door was, was the woman I worked with. And she's, she's diagnosed with terminal cancer. She's got basically six months. She's going to die. Everyone in the office is utterly devastated by the fact. She's devastated. I mean, and what do you say other than just be there? And then all of a sudden, here comes these two men. Oh, man. As soon as they walked into the office, I, I, I had to do every, I had to take deep breaths. I almost wanted to start. I knew what they were coming to do because these two men who worked there claimed to be apostles, charismatics, claimed to be apostles. And they walked in and they tell her, and I'm sitting right there. I can hear the entire conversation. God told us that you have been healed. And by our apostolic authority, we declare to you that you have been healed in the name of Jesus. Sister, rejoice. Your cancer is gone. She starts crying and it's this all, and everybody's hugging each other. And she and, and then when the, they leave, she looks at me, she's got tears. I can't wait to tell my kids that I've been healed. And I'm just sitting there going, you haven't. Like in my mind, I'm just saying, you haven't. You haven't been healed. You have cancer. She goes home. She tells her family. It's rejoicing. Everyone's happy. And less, forget six months. She didn't make it three months. She was dead. Guess who didn't bother to show up at the funeral to talk to the family? Those lying, fake frauds who claim to be apostles. They didn't even have enough guts or courage to look in the eyes of those children and say, I'm sorry, we, we were wrong. No, 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 no. They hid like cowards. Oh, trust me, I found them and I had my words for them. And I'm not going to say that I was godly. I'm not going to say that I was holy, but I was furious because they lied. Here's a pastor. He's paralyzed. But his doctrinal statement says God should heal him, heal him. Now, I don't know how he understands the Exodus passage, but if he's not careful, he's going to start laying there thinking the reason he's not been healed is because he's sinned or he needs to, he didn't follow God's law or he wasn't close enough to God and he's being punished, which would be even more evil. They, they don't, they don't explain how they interpret those passages, but the, by the fact that he included that Exodus passage in that doctrinal statement is somewhat troubling. You see, when your theology destroys lives, Devastates families. At some point, and, and when your theology denies reality, at some point you've got to see the failure of it. I, 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 I mean, I, I used to lose my mind when I would come, when I, the years that I spent in charge of the appointment line, that was my, I was in charge of the appointment line. And I used to, I used, I like, uh, there are certain Sunday, Sunday nights, I think once a month, one of the big charismatic churches, Assemblies of God Church in, in Abilene, would do their healing services. 
And they would claim that all these people were healed of this and this. Just And I would listen to the service. It's just, it was just like all the crazy typical stuff you hear in these services. And then I knew on Monday morning, time and time again, many of those people who attended that church claimed healing were calling us for a medical appointment. And you don't understand how many times I wanted to say something. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you were healed last night. I thought you were healed. Or people who are part of their praise and worship team who who testified that healing was guaranteed and then come to me and saying, hey, I need the day off. I'm not feeling well. Give Get out of my face. You heal yourself and get back to work. The only people, you are never getting a day off from work for being sick ever under no circumstances because you believe in divine healing. Everyone else in this office can have all the days off for being sick, but not you. If you get shot four times, heal yourself and come back to work. Now, I didn't say that, but that's what I wanted to say because they couldn't see their own. Their own <laughs> I believe healing is guaranteed, but I need the next three days off because I have the flu. What? No, I, I know. I know. I don't. I, 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 re- I reject it. I, there, some other serious medical issues they developed and they needed uh, lots of time off, but they didn't get divinely healed. It's so weird how that works. Oh, they wore glasses. I wonder, I wonder why. It's so many other issues. It's just weird how that, isn't it weird how that works? Man, sitting in church on a Sunday. <laughs> you can you can make all kinds of theological claims that you want. Very different on a Monday when you slip on ice and you're paralyzed. Now, I hope and pray that this pastor gets better. I really do. I I would prefer, look, you say, what would you prefer? His theology get correct or him get better? I hope he gets better just because of the humanity of he's a human being suffering. I hope he gets better. I hope he gains some independence. I hope he can get back his life to some level. Hope he can get back. I do hope his theology changes to, even if he doesn't change his view on divine healing, I do hope he becomes, you know, understand that God, there is one God who coexists in three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I hope I do hope he moves to a Trinitarian understanding of God because I believe the one is Pentecostal view of God is a fraudulent God. But I would prefer him to get better. Even if that, even if you say, well, if he gets better, it may actually strengthen his view on divine healing. I don't care. I want him to get better. But man, this doctrine is so devastating to me. We watched it play out at Bethel in California when the little girl, what, Olive died. And then they, instead of having her buried, they had the res- supposed resurrection services. Well, she didn't raise from the dead, did she? Bethel, that lawsuit that happened because they were out like, what, they were hiking or somewhere and someone fell. And instead of immediately calling for an ambulance, they started, they tried their healing team. I think that person ended up paralyzed and that there was a lawsuit. I don't remember all the details to that. I don't know what else to say. I'm just, I'm just so tired of, of, of the whole charismatic world. I'm just, I'm just, I am. I've just grown so, like I've lost all patience. And to be fair, I probably have never had patience with it. I've always thought the charismatic world was the most absurd, insane, 
alien thing to anything rational, reasonable, logical, biblical, theological. I've always like, I've never understood how anyone can find themselves in. It just, it makes no sense to me. Maybe because I'd experienced enough pain and saw enough suffering and enough death way before I ever got to the charismatic world that when I heard their claims, I'm like, that's a bunch of garbage because anyone who's ever lived in this world for 15 minutes knows none of that is true. Today, this evening, a pastor lays in a hospital bed, paralyzed. While he, his church still maintains a doctrinal statement that seems to imply divine healing is for here and now. And clearly, he has not been divinely healed. Clearly, he's still paralyzed. Clearly, he will have to go through rehab. Clearly, a years, possibly, of rehabilitation to get some sense of independence is the best they're hoping for. Not the kind of healing where Jesus heals you and you are healed. This is, no, he's just looking for steady, slow improvement due to the medical intervention, which is what everyone hopes for. The story may not bother you, but it greatly bothers me. Because we're talking real people. I do not hate this individual. I am not mocking in any way this individual. I feel sorry for this individual. But I feel even more sorry for the millions, hundreds of thousands, I don't have the exact number of people who have suffered as a result of the theology of this church. I hate the theology. I don't hate the people. I hate the theology because it hurts people. Charismatic theology, I believe, is a cancer to biblical historical Christianity. And it should have never been accepted by anyone within the Christian world. It should have been rejected outright. I would prefer they went and started their own religion and just forget Jesus and forget the Bible. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. We will be back on the air at about uh, 6 p.m. as we continue our study of law and gospel. Thanks for listening. God bless.